Yo, what's good, YouTube? Welcome back to the Shooter Straight Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach. And I'm Blue. And thank y'all for being here. It's episode 10. Thank everybody for all the uh, previous support on all the clips, running it up on the YouTube clips and the reels and everything like that. Uh, we're getting a lot of support. So like always, just want to thank everybody for that. Yes, I'm much appreciative as well. And I thank you all for liking, commenting, and Continue to subscribe. And for any new viewers out there just checking out the podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below because we're on the road to, to 200 right now. We're growing every single day. So, yeah. With all that being said, you ready to kick it straight off into these topics? Yes. Let's shoot it straight into these topics. So, first things first, we got the NBA. And we have some of the biggest trade news going on right now. Obviously, I don't know. Ever since Carmelo Anthony, the Knicks have never really had a new guy. You know, it's been a long time. You said you when you were growing up, you idolized your basketball game after Melo. That was a long time ago. Facts. Well, the Knicks may be getting their guy. Donovan Mitchell rumored, you know, there's rumors going that Utah and the Knicks have engaged in trade talks for Donovan Mitchell. Do you think this is a good fit for Donovan Mitchell? Do you think the Knicks could use him? Do you think that he'll be leading the Knicks better than Carmelo? I don't know. You have to get good role players around him. And who's really good role players at the Knicks right now? Let's think about it. Um, Some of the, well, they just signed Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. They got. Uh, they still might have uh, Julius Randle. Decent, I guess. Decent. They have uh, Tom Thibodeau coaching that team. You're going to have to get at least one more star player around Donovan Mitchell. But do you think that this is a step in the right direction for the Knicks? For sure. I believe this is a step in the right direction, of course. I think that anytime you're adding a three-time All-Star with averaging 25 points per game and has been improving his off-the-ball game and improving his getting his teammates involved with the assists, I think that anytime you're adding a dynamic young scorer like this, it's obviously a dub. Obviously, I feel like the, the compensation, though, is going to be the interesting thing for this trade because obviously rumors have come out that the Knicks have no interest in trading away their young star, R.J. Barrett, who they got from Duke, famous for playing with Zion Williamson, number three overall pick back in the day couple years ago they don't want to get rid of him the Knicks have a lot of draft capital would you trade away all these draft picks that the Knicks might be trading away for Donovan Mitchell do you think he's worth it for the Knicks personally no I don't don't no I don't because I believe that these draft picks that they're getting they could be superstars and they're they could be wasting a good opportunity on Donovan Mitchell who could continue to have a great career or he could fall off within the next couple of years and i feel like we might have seen that happen to some knicks players in the past you know a lot of this a lot of the time players some of them step up to the occasion when they go to the big apple and some of them kind of flop and you never know what you're going to get utah is a real small market small city no pressure you're going to go from that and the expectations are going to go through the roof in new york however for the knicks i love the deal for the knicks because they desperately need somebody they it's new york the Brooklyn is on the decline after all this Kevin Durant stuff going on with Kyrie and everything. It's a, it's an absolute mess over there. This is the Knicks' chance to capitalize and take New York back and make Knicks basketball somewhat relevant again, which is kind of would be good for the NBA, I think, because let's be real, the NBA is better when you got a competitive New York, competitive LA, the big cities going at it, Boston, the OGs. It's just better for basketball. So honestly, I want to see this move happen. However, I just don't know if I was the Knicks, if it's worth giving up the draft capital and all that, unless you can guarantee me another guy with him. Because 
getting Donovan Mitchell is great, but the East is stacked. Giannis with the Bucks, those are like already contenders. You got the 76ers, you got the Heat. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn, but right as of right now, they still have KD and Kyrie as of right now. So there's still a lot of potential contenders in the East. And in Celtics, I'm forgetting. Like, there's a lot of potential contenders. They're going to need more than just Donovan Mitchell. And even if the Donovan Mitchell trade does go through, do you have them going to the playoffs? I think that they'll make the playoffs. But I don't think they'll do anything more than that. I think that they'll just make... They'll be like a first-round exit. First-round exit, of course, yeah. And realistically, that's... Good because I guess you're making the playoffs, but how much does that really help you as a franchise? In the grand scheme of That's things. That's what I'm saying. A lot of teams get stuck in that uh, cycle of just making the playoffs, like like the Hornets and all that. They just make the playoffs, but they never actually contend and take that next step, and then it just doesn't really get them anywhere. Donovan Mitchell just did that with the Jazz. They were in a consistent cycle of making the playoffs, being pretty good in the regular season, and then what, what did they do in the playoffs? Nothing. Nothing. Consistently, year after year, kind of choke, choke. And now they're going full rebuild, rebuild mode, which is why they're even considering doing this trade. If I was Donovan Mitchell, though, after that whole Utah thing, I would be looking to go to a, a contender right now. You know, I'd be trying to find my way to a Miami. You know, like over Milwaukee. the Knicks. If, if I could choose, I'd be trying to find my way to a contender. I, I don't know why I would be wanting to go to the Knicks. I couldn't say, like, I don't think he can save the Knicks. And you've got to be smart enough to realize that the expectations are too high. You're almost setting yourself up for failure. Because I don't know if I believe in R.J. Barrett. Maybe he does. I don't know if R.J. Barrett is going to elevate himself to be that second guy, second best player on a championship team. I don't even know if Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is, is the second. It could be a second best player. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is the, could be the best player on a championship team. I have my doubts. However, you go to Miami, team up with Jimmy Butler. That duo could, could, could make it out of the East. That's for sure. They could contend with Giannis, contend with the, the Boston Celtics. And realistically, all you would have to do is maybe give up a Tyler Hero and some first-round picks and then maybe some other things and make it work. But if I was Donovan Mitchell, I'd be trying to get to the Miami Heat. Yeah, but the Heat are too focused on getting trying to get KD right now. Uh, but I don't know if they – I think they might have to realize that they don't have that package. Definitely no, no, but Nobody has that package to get KD right now. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But if I was Miami, I would be trying to get Donovan Mitchell – you know, from underneath these teams' noses, because maybe Golden State would have been interested in them, but right now they're focused on KD. There's a lot of teams that might be focused on KD, and they're going to let Donovan Mitchell go. The Heat might be able to swoop in and get him, because they look, the Knicks, they've never been good at really closing the deal and getting these superstars. So even though there's reports happening, like like I said, I've heard recently that KD was going to go to the Knicks, and Kyrie a couple years ago, Zion Williamson was going to go there, and the, that never happened. So... I'm not holding my breath that Donovan Mitchell will actually end up on the New York Knicks. I can agree. I don't think the Knicks would be that. I would. I don't. I don't want to say dumb, but I don't think they would be that dumb in general. Yeah. Yeah. To to, to, to make that to make that decision. And potentially trade away their future like that. Exactly. For, for not a guaranteed success and nothing like that. Or just a cool guy to sell some jerseys right now. That's basically what it would be. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'd be in on that. Ready to get into the next topic? Yeah, in the summer league with Paolo Benchero and the Orlando Magic. Yep. So the Magic general management, I guess, they have shut down Paolo Benchero, the number one overall pick in the most recent NBA draft, after just two games in the summer league, claiming they've already seen what he can do and they know he's going to be good. Why risk him? 
What do you feel about this thought process? Do you think that Orlando should be implementing resting a 19-year-old kid, you know, so early? It's literally the summer league. You know, these guys need development. Do you think Orlando should be resting him for the rest? Exactly. I uh, I believe what you were saying, development, that's a key factor. They need more development. And they benched him too early, I believe. Maybe a couple more games. Yeah. But they should they should bench him. But he should play. They, I mean, or rest him. Yeah, is what I'm saying. They should rest him until the actual NBA season goes into effect. But he should get the re- some some reps now. Yeah. See, and, and that's where I'm torn on a topic like this because from the Magic perspective, I totally understand. Protect your asset. Paolo Benchero is the number one overall pick. This is the future of your franchise, and you want to caress him and make sure nothing happens to him no ankle injuries or nothing like that and he already had a slight tweak in one of the two games so they're already were kind of worried already so i understand the magic got a lot of heat after drafting him number one overall because they were some a lot of people saying jabari smith should have went number one maybe even chet holmgren should have went number one they said nah i'm getting benchero they wanted to prove those doubters wrong and they did because paolo benchero showed up for the two summer league games that he did play and now, after the Magic proved to everyone that they might have made the right choice, now they're shutting him down and they're not going to risk it no more. I understand it from that POV. However, I also do think Benchero is just a 19-year-old kid who needs reps. How could this guy be a star in the NBA if he can't even if he's getting load management now in the summer league? This is the time when you need to get those reps. You need to get those NBA minutes. You need to learn. You know what I mean? It would be horrible, be, though, if he got need, hurt. Of course it would be, but... You're risking injury anytime you step out onto the court anyway. Of course. So, like, I understand the whole, like, I want to protect my investment and I, I don't want to let my star guy get injured. But at, at the end of the day, you kind of got to let him run free a little bit. You got to let him get reps. So I, I just think putting this into his head, like, so early, like, he literally just started. Like, you can't implement this load management theme like he's some solidified LeBron, OG, year 20 guy. Like he has done nothing to to earn that rest, and let's be real, he's the young, he's this is the potential face of the league we're talking about because he's the number one overall pick. You can't be having the face of the league resting already. Like, come on, bro. Do you I, believe he should play all the games though in the summer no, league? No, I don't even think he should be playing all the games. I just think that he should be getting some minutes here and there. Of course, you know, like five to ten minutes. Like you've already proved what you need to prove and. You do need to protect your investment, but I do think you should be out there playing against a Chet Holmgren because the star-studded matchup was going to be the number one pick, Manchero versus Chet Holmgren, and then all of a sudden I'm getting ready to watch the game. And it's not And, and it's not happening because the Magic are benching him for load management? Like he's the, like a veteran? Like what? There's no way the NBA can let this slide. And it's, it's honestly like it's kind of shocking to me how this load management thing has gone all the way to the freaking summer league because nobody wants to watch the summer league anyway. So how are you going to have load management in the summer league? Everyone is watching because Paolo Benchero is the number one pick, and I want to watch him. See, yeah, they want to watch him go against Chet. Of course, they want to see the best players play that and, are able to play in the and, summer league. And where is he? He's just load managing already. He's a rookie, not even a rookie, because the NBA hasn't even started. Now you know it would be surprising if Orlando Magic still won versus Chet Holmgren without Benchero. Benchero. But I have a lot of respect for Chet Holmgren after the summer league because he's playing in every game so far, every back-to-back. He's playing he five games. 
I don't know if I could, like, I'm not going to question the toughness of Benchero because he reportedly said that this was all the Magic's doing, and he just didn't want to ruffle no feathers with the front office, which I totally understand. Because you just started your tenure with the Magic as an r- NBA rookie, and you don't want to ruffle no feathers, and you're just going to listen to what they have to tell you. I totally get that from his perspective. At the same time, I just don't think it's the, the right move, per se. You can't treat him like that. Like, he needs to get his reps. I just don't know if that's the right way to go about it. However, if he if he had got injured in the summer league, they'd be getting a lot of pushback saying he shouldn't be shouldn't be playing. Facts. So it's kind of a you can't win scenario. You know what I mean? I just don't know if there was a right or wrong way to go about it. However, my personal feelings is that he just should be getting reps because he's young, man. Like these guys, the guys that should be playing. In my personal belief, I don't think he should be getting like he should be. Like going in for five ten minutes every game throughout the summer league. Yeah, I think exactly. He should, I think personally, I believe that he should go in for maybe two more games, perform and cr- crazy incredible, and then then rest them. Yeah, for the, for the um for for the, the actual rest. season. For the rest, yeah. Like I totally understand resting him for the training camp that's coming up, and obviously you know he's going to be on the. The main roster because Facts. it's the number one pick. Like, there's no doubt about it. A lot of the summer league guys are fighting their ass off to just make the roster. So that's who you're kind of competing with. And Banchero, he's probably he's, gonna start. He's just sitting back, relaxing like this. Like he knows he's gonna be a straight. It's the magic. Like they're trash anyway. They probably might have the number one pick next year. That's how bad they'll be. You know what I mean? That's kind of where he's chilling at. So I kind of, I don't know. I kind of get it. But he's nice with it, though. But we, after seeing what I did see in the summer league, I do think Paolo Benchero was a very good selection at the number one pick. And I, the Magic have a good history with number one picks. Shaq, Dwight Howard, now Paolo Benchero. You know what were you saying? I was just saying, though, I believe like he's definitely the top pick. He, he's, he's the best one you've seen. The best one I've seen. Be- better than Chet Holmgren. Better than Chet Holmgren. We saw the, I guess, the, kid, the kid that plays for the Warriors. Yeah. I, th- I think, like, the it was just the natural ability that we saw from Benchero. He just looked a class above the rest of the guys out there on the court. He looked NBA-ready, NBA material. Like, he should be out there on the court. So maybe that's why the Magic are saying, hold on, hold on, why are we playing him here? He's too he's too good for me here. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that new kid that's playing for the Warriors, I told you, he's really good. Santos. Yeah, Santos. I keep talking about Santos. He keeps coming up because he's nasty. Exactly. Speaking of the Warriors, seems Kevin Durant may be going there. Picking up steam. The trade package could include Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, James Wiseman, along with some draft picks. What do you think is going to happen in this situation? Is KD going to the going back to the Warriors? I don't know if KD is going back to the Warriors, but I don't think he should. However, I do think that there is a possibility that he could. You don't think it's a smart move for Kevin Durant to go back to the Warriors? In terms of Kevin Durant wanting to win championships, I think it's a smart move. Exactly. However, in terms of his legacy, like would those championships be legitimate? Would people would they would they count as much as a championship won away from <clears throat> Steph Curry? Because right now, keep in mind, the only championships he has is with Steph Curry. And if you just went crawling back to him after a failed project with Kyrie and James Harden if in Brooklyn, he, it would look he, real bad. If he wins a finals MVP. He's already won two Finals MVPs along with Steph Curry. Wins it again. It'd be, I, I think that just would look bad on both of their parts at that point because it would be good because obviously they won, but it would be bad because like Curry at that point he would have shown he 
is never going to be the best player on a championship team if Kevin Durant is with them. Damn. So, at that point, I don't think you could ever put KD above Steph in terms of the all-time rankings. Of course. Because it would have just been proven three times. Like, literally last year, Curry won finals MVP. Personally, I don't think you could do that now. Who? I think KD's above Steph Curry in my rankings. I, I, I would agree. But I'm just saying, for the people who do think Question it. That would all but confirm it. Of course. Because every time every time they're on the same team, they win the, t- they win the title, yes. But KD dominates. He's a, he becomes a different animal. And what, do you think it would be horrible for the league for that to happen? I think it would. I think it would be bad for the league. Keep, keep in mind, the only reason why it was somewhat good for the league before was because LeBron was at the peak of his power in Cleveland. He had just made the 3-1 comeback. That's why it worked before. Where's the where's but the? But it'd be great though if Kyrie went to L.A. And it would be great if that happened, and then they were really good and they were balling out, and then like it was clear cut Warriors versus Lakers. Like yeah, when they can make a matchup like that, star studded. Yeah, that's what they want. The only problem is, if right now, if the Warriors traded for Kevin Durant. Depending on what they have to give up, you know, because Jordan Poole. There's rumors that even with this package, we said that they might also have to throw in a, even a Clay or Draymond. No, swear they might have to get rid of either Clay or Draymond, which I don't even know what they would. Yeah, do the Warriors case. can't do that. They ain't doing that. That's what I'm saying. And and like like we said last episode, that's why you don't think Jordan Poole and some other players, maybe a draft pick, would be enough. I don't think I don't think it would be enough. Jordan Poole. He's a good player, but great player. There's no draft picks that there's no amount of draft picks that could entice me to take this deal, because these draft picks are guaranteed to be bad. If you're Brooklyn, if I'm Brooklyn, why would I want the Warriors draft picks and Jordan Poole? Why would I want that? <laughs> the Warriors are gonna literally win the championship every year with Kevin Durant, so they're gonna have you're gonna have the 32nd pick every year. Congratulations, congratulations, <laughs> Brooklyn! You played yourself. You got the 32nd pick every year. You're going to have the first pick because you suck, and then you're going to have the 32nd pick because your trade and your GM sucks too. So you're just going to be an all-around – I guess it's going to be an all-around shit show for the Brooklyn Nets if this happens. That's why I don't think that they're going to end up taking the Warriors package. But KD, he's leaving though. But just maybe not to the Warriors. Is he leaving for sure? Maybe not to – I don't know. It's uh, – he wants to leave, but – Ever since he made this trade request, he's went complete ghost, and like we haven't really heard much from his camp or anything like that. So it's like I don't know what's happening. Because I heard that he wasn't um, listening to any like star players on any teams. Yeah. He wasn't listening to their decisions, and he wanted to make this completely on his exactly. own. Exactly, and like a lot of people were saying that Curry is, has hit up Kevin Durant and said like, "Yo, if you do want to come back, like it's fine with me." Like Curry, I think, uh, reportedly gave KD his blessing to come back. Yeah. And obviously Draymond has been on his podcast kind of low-key recruiting Kevin Durant, <laughs> planting the seeds. And I don't know if you, if you, everyone noticed this, but Draymond has been planting the seeds for this to happen for a while. With this, like He's been kind of praising KD in the media after they had that kind of low-key beef. Draymond has been planting the seeds of fixing that relationship, I think, to try to get this to happen. Because realistically, I think that there's a good chance. <laughs> But I think it's all going to come down to if the Nets are going to lower their asking price. You know, what I mean? are they going to take this kind of offer? I'm not taking this offer, bro. I don't think Jordan Poole and <laughs> Kaminga is good enough. You know, with some with some crappy draft picks to to get me KD. You know, like I don't know if that's good enough. Like I would want a star or somebody blue chip or or 
or like a first overall pick, a good draft pick. That's what I would need. Or potentially a guy like LeBron maybe because an NBA writer has proposed a potential swap of KD for LeBron. Now, would you be ever and be enticed by this trade in this hypothetical KD for LeBron trade? If you were the Lakers or the Nets, would you be interested in doing something like that? If I'm the Lakers, definitely not. I'm keeping LeBron. You're keeping LeBron over? Of course, you got to keep LeBron if you're the Lakers. But if you're Brooklyn, you're dying for LeBron. You need LeBron. Brooklyn's not winning the championship if they don't get LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's where it's getting to at this, bo- at this moment, at this point. So that, that's my thoughts on it. What about yours? I think that for LeBron, if Kyrie were to, ha- were to have to stay in Brooklyn, maybe if he was that interested in a reunion with Kyrie, it would be interesting to do this KD for, for LeBron swap. However, I don't think playing in Brooklyn is something LeBron really wants to do. Exactly. So I just don't see it being beneficial for LeBron. I don't know why he would really do that. I think in terms of the package or anything like that, it would be interesting. However, I just don't think it really makes sense. However, right now, I don't know if there's any team that's really coming up with a good quality package for KD. So people are kind of just throwing shit against the wall and hoping to stick, like KD for LeBron. Because there's been really no new news about a potential package. Miami, we haven't heard nothing out of them. Phoenix, nothing. We haven't heard nothing. The best would probably be the Warriors, if anything. Right, as of right now, because that's all we've kind of been hearing is their package. We haven't even heard what Phoenix is offering 100% or anything like that. We don't know. And why is that? that how long is this going to take? I'm interested to see how all of this is going to play out. I'm really, I, I don't know. Speaking of Phoenix and the Kate, the Katie trade rumor, DeAndre Aiden has just signed a offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. Exactly. And that obviously has huge implications with the KD trade. Huge implications. However, though, the Suns are offering some more money to keep him. Exactly. Because I think they might be trying to use him to get KD because that's the only way they can make that trade happen. Exactly. Basically, if he ended up going to the Pacers confirmed, KD KD wouldn't have happened for the Suns. And I think that might be one of their best options right now if I was the Suns in terms of keeping them a legitimate threat for next year to win the championship. KD and Chris Paul. Along with Devin Booker. Nasty. Like, come on. Come on. Like, I'm telling you, if I was the Suns, I'm trying to do everything to get this trade to go across. And if that means I have to pay DeAndre Ayton right now so that I can use him in a sign-in trade, that's what I'm doing. And that's ultimately the only reason I would see. Then how, what else are they giving up? The Suns? DeAndre Ayton? And they're going to have to give up um, like Mikael Bridges and they're going to have to, I think they're going to have to. Brooklyn don't want DeAndre Aiden and Mikael Bridges. They're going to have to give up some picks and then they're going to have to give up, I think, like they're going to have to take on Ben Simmons. I don't know what they're going to have to do, but I do do know that if the Suns have any chance of getting the deal done, they're going to need DeAndre Aiden. That's facts. To make the deal work in terms of everything, the money and all that. So it's a big deal that in my in my in my view, I don't see it happening. With what? The deal between the Suns and And, and the Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Don't see it happening. Even if DeAndre Aiden stays. But I don't know why they would re sign him 
if they weren't going to trade him because I think it, he's it, a good player. But he's, he's a good player, but I think they just kind of proved last season that this core... It doesn't it, work. It's not going to win you a championship. Nope. nope. It was the number one seed. Easy, the clear team, best team in basketball. Better than this Warriors team in the regular season. Where were they choking? They were choking to Luca, Just Luca, Just Luca. They were choking to just Luca. Who wow. could be the face of the NBA potentially? Luka Doncic. Of course. But that's supposedly the best team in the NBA choking to one player. And you're going to run it back with that same team and like and hope that it's going to work when the rest of the league is getting way, 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 way better. And they lost the finals. Like, I just don't... Heart-wrenchingly lost the finals. I remember watching that finals. Because they were up 2-0. They should have won that. They literally were up 2-0, and then they choked four in a row. It's pretty bad. And like <laughs> the last game was at home, too. It was a home game. I just don't know how you lose four straight games like that in the NBA Finals. Like, it's just a complete collapse. However, that's always the Suns. You know, the Suns always find a way to do the wrong thing. So you think it's the Suns or Chris Paul? or Mix of both. I think that's why this Chris Paul Suns thing was never going to work 100% because it's two kind of cursed people. The Suns are cursed. They've been cursed since Steve Nash Amari in terms of they can never win a championship. Charles Barkley couldn't win a championship there. And Chris Paul can't win a championship anywhere he goes. So I don't know why they thought it would ever work. And I don't see them winning the championship next year. They haven't improved Chris enough. Chris Paul almost had it with the Clippers, though. He, he could have had it. He couldn't have had it with the Clippers. He could have had it. Even J.J. Redick said on his podcast that he couldn't have had it. Nah, J.J. Redick said that the, that they, the they chance, had a best chance. The best chance was, what, 2015, 2014? Exactly. But they, they, they always said that they had a lot of injuries that decimated them. The team was nasty. You had Jamal Crawford, Blake Griffin. But it was never good enough, I think, to... Like, they were never going to beat that 2015 Warriors team or anything like that in the Western Conference. And even if they did... What about 2014? I'm trying to think. What, who won it? That was the Spurs year. No, that Spurs, tier, Spurs team was too good. 2014 Spurs? That was the, They beat the, the, Miami, the Miami Heat 2014. So the Miami Heat was going for the 3 P. So that's what I'm saying. Now, that Spurs team was <clears throat> nasty. And that Spurs team should have potentially won in 2013, too. They got saved by the Ray Allen shot, which is... is one of the most famous shots in NBA history. Which Ray Allen actually reminds me, going a little bit off the cuff here, Ray Allen said that in uh, on a quote when he was, uh, I think he was at a youth basketball camp, Ray Allen said that LeBron is not the GOAT. I saw that. What is your thoughts on Ray Allen saying this? He said it because he, he, spoke, to the, he spoke to the kids at the camp and he said, is he the best at shooting uh, three pointers. Is he the best at free throws? But does that not make him the good? Like, does that make him not the does, goat? Yeah, nah. That's that's a that's a nah. That's dumb. That's dumb. I don't know why Ray Allen is looking at it like that for somebody who literally, I think, get drafted him a ring. Maybe that's what I'm LeBron saying. LeBron kind of carried. Like regardless of Ray Allen saving LeBron with that shot, LeBron got the Miami Heat there and gave him a ring. And Ray Allen was ring chasing to LeBron's Miami Heat team in the first because, place. Because and no one, no NBA player will ever be the best at everything. That's just not going to happen. Let's just be real here. LeBron, no LeBron's probably the, probably the closest one to it. But no one's going to be the absolute number one best at defense, three point shooting, free, free throws, free, free throws, dribbling, dribbling, you, you, passing. It's just, just not 
basketball happening. IQ. Like LeBron pretty much has like top basketball IQ, top passing and shit like that. But he's he's, he's a, not the best three point shooter. He's a decent one. He's not the great free throw shooter. It's always been one of his biggest best like, overall scorer he's ever played. But LeBron has always kind of his forte has been how well rounded he is. Exactly. He's probably the closest thing to being the best at every individual thing, but even he couldn't do it. And I, will it, I don't think anyone ever will. Nope. Because these guys are too good at shooting. Like, you have to pick kind of one. Most guys, they pick one skill, and they kind of master that, and then they get it. They try to develop an all-around game. Like Ray Allen. Exactly. Ray Allen, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, and nobody's denying that. So maybe what is still the GOAT. Some people still say better than Curry, better than Reggie Miller. Curry is the GOAT, in my opinion. Uh, three point shooter, but that's just that's neither here nor there. The overall goat, Ray Allen should be saying LeBron James is the goat. However, he didn't say that he wasn't the goat. I don't because he didn't say like Michael Jordan is the goat. He didn't really say who was the goat. He just said LeBron. I guess isn't it because he's not the best two point shooter because he's not best overall. However, no, because he's not the best at every single thing. That's what I'm saying. But who? But so if who Ray is? Allen is if Ray Allen is gonna, Ray Allen is going to say that, then who is? That's what I would be interested in. If Ray Allen, he should have elaborated and said who is. Because I don't think he could have ever said Michael Jordan was the best at everything either. He could, there's no way he could say that. Of course maybe, not. Maybe he would say Kareem, but then Kareem couldn't shoot. I would, I would literally say, Ray, Kareem can't shoot. How could you say he's the best all around, even though Kareem could pretty much do everything on the court? Bill Russell. Bill Ru- like, like, how far back are you going to go to try to find somebody? Like, even Wilt Chamberlain had the greatest 50-point season, 50, averaging 50 point a game per season. Even he couldn't do everything. And he's putting up stats that literally will never be replicated. Never. In the modern game. Nobody will ever average the numbers that Will Chamberlain did in the modern game. It's literally impossible. So, I don't know how far back Ray Allen wants to go to find somebody that fits his criteria for the GOAT. But, it should be, it should be LeBron. Ready to get into the next topic? Taking it back to the Summer League? Will and Joe Ball? Yes, sir. I know you've been waiting to talk about Angelo Ball for a while. I've been waiting to watch, uh, watch him play. And well, he put on a performance. 12 points in 12 minutes. Do you think he should be getting more playing time for, this, for the Charlotte Hornets? I, I think they should, yeah, I think they should be putting him more, giving him more time in the summer league to see if he could potentially be on the roster. I think we saw glimpses of, of everything in what we saw in the 12 minutes that he kind of We saw defense, shooting, dribbling. And he was able to, I think one of the main things, we knew Leandro Ball could shoot. He was maybe even the best ball brother at shooting. You know what I mean? Some would say that. Better than he is. Yeah, I I think so. After what we saw, I think it's pretty much all but confirmed. But I saw Leandro Ball using his body, being physical, going in for the tip. Literally driving in, bodying him, then going in for the lay. And I saw a whole different Leandro Ball, an aggressive Leandro Ball. And I think that if he continues to play like this, he'll get more minutes in the summer league that, to continue. And I believe he could contend to make their roster. And if Leandro Ball starts with his literal blood brother, it'll be pretty it's, a, it's over. It'll be pretty it's over. So you believe that he should be on an NBA roster? 100%. Facts. And would that be the first time in history? Two what? brothers are two two like blood brothers are starting are, are on the starting five. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened before. I think that'd be the first time in history. It might be like in, in a, I know like Giannis a, played with it, his brother, but, but they never started together. Exactly. Like that. I think it'd be pretty cool, like Lamelo driving down the court, kicking it. Leandro. That'd be insane. Be pretty man. dope. And then imagine Le- Levar obviously there as well. Maybe they, imagine that when they play Chicago. 
Chicago. Reverse and Lonzo. That shit would be fire. I think it would be pretty cool. I, I believe Landry Ball should make the make an NBA roster. I think, and I think he will and make. Do an you NBA think if roster. he? Do you think when he develops, he could possibly be the best ball brother? No, that's definitely Lamelo. No, yeah, it's easily going to be Lamelo. I think I've known that Facts. for a long time. I think even pre-draft, you know, before we already kind of knew when Lamelo was gonna. Once we kind of saw what Lonzo was with the Lakers, and it didn't work as good as we kind of. He's thought. doing a lot better on the Bulls, though. Yes, he he's doing very much so better. But we kind of knew at that point, okay, Lamelo is going to be the guy, the best one, Facts. The very best. And he's definitely lived up to that billing. I believe Lamelo is the best ball brother. However, I do think Leandro could be a very good role player. I think. Ooh, you don't think he could be a star? No. Nah. No, I think I think Leandro Ball is going to be a. A three-point shooter, a knockdown three, three and D guy. That's what they need from Landry. I need three and D. And the main knock on Landry Ball is so he could be a six man. He might not even start. That's what I'm saying. He just should be on a roster. I think the main thing that has always held him back is the effort on defense. You know, we knew he could score and physicality. And I think what I saw in the summer league with these 12 points in 12 minutes that you know, I think we first of all it proved he should be getting more minutes. But I saw a rejuvenated. Leandro Ball, potentially with a new elevated skill set that's going to take him to the next level and take him to an NBA roster. Facts. You know, I I, I don't know exactly why he might have not even ever got that chance yet, but I do think this season will be that chance if he keeps performing like this. Damn. I would love to see it. I, I don't know if it's going to be with the Hornets or not because they might not be with them, but I know it's going to be with somebody. Somebody's going to give him a chance after what I saw. Cause we look, we gotta admit we've seen some. We've seen we, look, we've watched a good amount of the summer league now, so we can kind of we like Leandro Ball. He put up one of the better performances that we've kind of seen. You Facts, know? top and ten. Vanchero had a really good performance. Maybe one of the maybe the best I've seen. One of if not the best, but Leandro Ball definitely up there. Good performance. So let's be real. If each NBA team is probably picking one player to be on their roster from each 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 team from the summer league, like, besides like their besides like their rookie star. It's besides their rookie star. Angelo Ball has to be the one for the Hornets. There's no question. Compared to some of the other guys that we, we were watching, I know we didn't uh, see. I, I don't think we saw the exact full highlights, but I don't know. It's not like the Hornets got too much going for them. I think, I think he could make their roster. I think he deserves a chance. You know, I, I think you give him a chance, and then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But the Hornets, it, it'll sell tickets. It'll be interesting. I, I think you go for it, and the performance is there. Not like he's a, not like he's trash. You know what I mean? That's that would be crazy though. Ha- having both of them on the starting five, and then Michael Jordan just like owning the team. It's just Lavar in the stands. It'd be pretty cool. That'd it, would, be, it would be pretty cool. It'd be crazy. Yeah. So you got Andre Andre Iguodala saying Rasheed Wallace would be a top five player if he played in today's game. Better than Giannis. What do you think about this? I think it's bullshit. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I need what Andre Iguodala is smoking. Give me what Andre Iguodala was smoking when he said this. <laughs> I don't know what they got out there in, in the Bay Area, but they got to have some stray fire because I, I don't know what you got to be smoking on to say this. How could you say Rashid Wallace is going to be better than Giannis? How? At, like what? What is he going to be better at exactly? Bro, I got Paulo Benchero being better than Rashid Wallace in a couple years. Give it a couple years, bro. I got Paulo Benchero like, over Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace was was a good player, but he was never the man. Nah, he was hell never nah. the guy. 
and he never quite lived up to his potential what he could be. Never averaged 20 points per game. When has Giannis not averaged 20 points per game? That's like his rookie year. Ever since we've got this new Giannis that we talk about as like the Giannis we know and love, the, the back-to-back MVP, NBA champion Giannis, there, it's no competition. Giannis, it, like, I, it, I would just, it's just disrespectful to even have this conversation. And that's, with all due respect to Rasheed Wallace, because he's a, as a, a legend, a champion as well. But Giannis is a class above Rasheed Wallace, and that's just what Rasheed Wallace is not no Giannis. Not even he close. is not LeBron. He's not KD. He's not even in that conversation. Nah. He's not even a top ten player that's ever to like pl- that's ever to step foot on the court. Like I said, when I, when you've never had a twenty point per game season, I don't even know how you could even ever say a statement like this. Never, not one twenty point per game season, and you're saying he would be a top five player in the game. If you don't have twenty points per game, you're not even making an all star team in this day and age. Donovan Mitchell, twenty five points per game, and he's only made the all star game three times. So you're telling me. I guess Rasheed Wallace, Andre Iguodala is saying Rasheed Wallace would have more opportunity to score because of how the game has been let. People say how the game is less physical. Yeah, no, no, but, and I would agree with that, but that doesn't mean that he's just going to magically gain the work ethic and become a top five player in the NBA. Bro, he was dodging workouts. That's what I'm saying. He was literally signing, like, look, call, look Colin Cowherd covered him, and we saw him say it. He said he was signing checks. So that he could skip workouts. Because he knew he was going to get fined for skip workouts. Giannis, when is Giannis skipping a workout? Bro, all he thinks about is basketball. Is winning, bro. He literally said, all I wanted to do was win a championship with Milwaukee. And he did it. During the offseason, all he thinks about is winning. Right now, I know he's thinking, how can I get that MVP trophy back? How can I bring a championship back to Milwaukee? And he, He's doing everything in his willpower to possibly do that. And that's the difference between Giannis and Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace did win the championship, but not quite at the level of Giannis. And he was never the man. He was never the 100% guy. He was a a star, but wasn't the guy. That's the difference. Ready to shoot it straight into the NFL? I'm ready. We got Tom Brady and Aaron Donald voted most dominant in their respective um, positions. Positions, my bad. Yeah, positions. Who do you think is better at their specific position? Brady or Donald? Brady or Donald. It's no debate, no doubt in my mind, Aaron Donald is the most dominant at his position. More dominant than Brady as a quarterback. When you phrase the question like this, look, think about it. Compare Brady to other quarterbacks. There's others that are in the competition there with him. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. They're all close. Aaron like Aaron Rodgers just won MVP last year. Patrick Mahomes is still there. Is Brady even the best quarterback in the league right now? I don't know. When you think about Aaron Donald and his dominance, think about interior defenders. And think about anybody else besides Aaron Donald. There's no competition, no competition at all. Julius Peppers. Nah. There's <laughs> nobody. Nah. There's nobody in the current NFL that is even getting close to the dominance of Aaron Donald. That's facts. The only people that are walking this earth as NFL defenders living that can even compete is Lawrence Taylor. He can compete. He's long retired. But no one else is even close to the dominance of Aaron Donald at their position. 
To ever play. To ever play. I can agree with that. But Brady is definitely the greatest quarterback of all time. However, in terms of just pure dominance at the position, there has been other great quarterbacks that have been competing with him along the way and taking away his MVPs and taking away his Super Bowls. Aaron Donald, there has been no one taking away anything from him. He has been the guy. You know what he's bringing. Yeah, you, you have to double team him every single time, and you still can't stop him. Facts. That's called that's dominance to me. Who do you think is more dominant, Brady or Aaron Donald? Definitely agree with you on that point, Donald for sure. And Brady's close because of the IQ that he has, similar with LeBron, the IQ that Brady has for the game. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as he gets to the huddle, like he'll he'll look at the other team's formation and he'll know like what play or what what he's doing in his head. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, though, with Donald, there's just no one even close. Yeah. With Brady, you got Rodgers, you got Peyton Manning. You got people that say that they might, those players might be better than Brady. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I would agree that Aaron Rodgers is better than Brady. So, yeah. I mean, Do- Aaron Donald for sure, most definitely. Best Best person at his position to ever play. Just uh, facts. I, I agree with that. Defensive end, there's no yeah. one no one competing. Yeah, it's just him and LT at the top. That's it. You know, it's a him and LT, and that's it. And I say Aaron Donald's better. I've said it before. What, LT? He played the end? I thought... They, play, they, they were both uh, interior defenders. You, oh, yeah. Uh, LT was like a defensive end, and more on the edge. And then yeah. Donald is actually more nose tackle interior. But he can... Aaron Donald can move on any position in the line he's that agile even though he's built to be a nose you know what I mean like a nose tackle but before we got Lamar Jackson back in the news like always having Twitter beef with former defensive back of the Ravens Bernard Pollard who I guess to Lamar Jackson is a nobody I'm not you know I'm not gonna say he's a well-known player but he is a player Basically, they were having some Twitter beef. They were uh, Bernard Pollard was tweeting about how Lamar cannot. No star wide receivers want to play with Lamar because he can't make the throws. And then Lamar responded saying, "Bro, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. He's nobody. You got carried to a Super Bowl victory. Blah, blah blah. Whose side are you on in this beef? Who's right? I'm gonna be honest. They're both right." They're both right. They both got some points. Lamar Jackson, he said Bernard wouldn't have won without Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And Ed Reed, that, that's that's facts. That is facts. That's just facts. Like you can't you can't deny that. Bernard like, Pollard didn't contribute the same. If if Ed Reed or Ray Lewis wasn't there, they wouldn't have won. Yeah, that's just the facts. Then you got Pollard saying he specifically said in the tweet he might be a top ten talent, but does that make him completely a top ten quarterback? Yeah, and I can agree with that because. Lamar, he's the best, no question, probably ever to be on the run as a quarterback. Better than Cam. Michael Vick. is Better better than Vick. Better than Vick. So, I mean, in that retrospect, yeah, but he can't really throw on accurately. It's just so inconsistent. You never know what you're getting. Exactly. So, they're both kind of right, I believe. What about you? What do you think? I think, I I do think that both make good points. However, I just don't know. 
why Lamar is really even Lamar shouldn't be, be really even be bothering with this. That's just me. After coming out for the season that the Ravens had in general, you should think, be focused. I think on Lamar should be a hundred percent focused on locking in and ma- making this a bounce back year for the Ravens because we saw last year. I will give the Ravens uh, credit; they kind of competed even though they were the most decimated team in the league with injuries. You know, Lamar himself was injured in and out. That affected his performance. You know, I would say this was Lamar's worst NFL campaign. You know, he threw the most interceptions, had the most fumbles, even though he played the least amount of games he's played. His, like, the yards is there. We know he can still run the ball. However, the turnovers is the main thing with Lamar. However, I'm going to cut him some slack because the offensive line wasn't there, and he basically had no help, you know what I mean, because of the injuries. And he still managed to very much compete. So I just think Lamar should be focused on locking in and making it a bounce-back year for himself because I do think he can still return to MVP form. I saw glimpses. You still see glimpses. You know he can still do it. Of course. This was an NFL MVP who was complete dominant in the year that he won. And it was no doubt he was just that much looked that much better than everybody else. There's still question marks about his arm. However, ultimately, I think he could be still be a very good passer in this league. I just think right now, especially last season, the situation wasn't the best. And I don't know if they've made a situation that much better. I just think I wish he would get that top, top wide receiver because I feel like he's never quite had it. I feel like if he had it, it would be a lot different. I don't think Marquise Brown was ever a top wide receiver. Damn, that's kind of a bold take. Like, I think the fact that Mark Andrews was the best weapon for Lamar Jackson, that says something. That does say something. And, like, they've always rumored with getting Antonio Brown. Even right now, Antonio Brown, I think, would be a good option for the Ravens in terms of just pure ability. I'm not saying the off the field. That's the off the field. But in terms of pure ability. That probably would be their number one option. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. and So that's why I tend to agree with Bernard Pollard, though, because why is that? If Lamar is so well-loved around the league, why do none of these wide receivers want to go play with him? Well, I, so, so I do kind of put two and two together that, that they, they like him because of his personality and stuff, but they really don't believe in his performance. Maybe not quite as much as I do because I think he could really do something. I believe in Lamar Jackson, but I do think that the lack of contract extension with Lamar Jackson is one of the most interesting things in the NFL right now because most of the time with quarterbacks, they get their money real fast. You don't want to risk losing a star quarterback. When you've got a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type guy, you keep him because you don't get him often. And Lamar, like... He could be using an MVP. He's that guy. If he doesn't get a contract extension, what happens? Like He's leaving. He's leaving. And I don't know why Baltimore has not been more urgent. Like, you know what I mean? I know what happens, but like... Where would he go? But you don't see things like this happen in the NFL. That's why it's head-scratching. Star quarterbacks like this do not make it to the free agency market. If you have a star quarterback, you are chomping at the bit to re-sign him because that's the future of your franchise. If you don't have a star quarterback, you are not winning in the NFL. That's just the facts. If you believe Lamar is 100% the guy, you have to give him his money now. You can't let him risk leaving in free agency to somebody who is willing to pay him the big bucks. Facts. Somebody will pay him because somebody is desperate to get that star quarterback. 
Because everybody is. If you don't have a star quarterback in the NFL, you are desperate. Damn, I just wonder where he'll go, though. That <sighs> I just don't understand why Lamar isn't, like, sitting out and saying, like, give me my money or I'm not playing. Because that's the stance I would be taking if I was Lamar. I wouldn't be playing and risking injury without my money. And for the Ravens, I don't know why I'm not chomping at the bit to re-sign Lamar. Unless, low-key, you really don't think he's the guy. Which I just... It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they have backed him all the all like all this and done everything just to say, "Nah, he's not the guy." The stats are there. I mean, he's still putting up really good performances. He's the guy, and I think you have to give him the money. And I just don't understand why they're waiting. And I think that's why it's interesting. You think if you were Baltimore, would you pay Lamar Jackson two hundred million dollars? Definitely, I'm paying him whatever he needs. Exactly. Like you have to. You ain't got no. You don't have no options. Like if you let him leave, who are you getting to replace him? That's going to be somewhat rep- comparable in terms of the, the production. What quarterback on the open market that you could just go get is giving you Lamar Jackson numbers? No one. No one is giving you that rushing threat, that dual threat quarterback ability. Like no one is doing that. So even though he had a down year last year, I feel like if I'm the Ravens, I have to pay Lamar Jackson. You have no choice. I don't know why they haven't. Well, ready to get into the next topic? Yeah, let's go forward with the former Dallas Cowboys scout claiming that the Dallas Cowboys are interested in making a move for the star wide receiver from the 49ers, Debo Samuel. Do you think that the Cowboys should make this move for Debo Samuel? No, no, you don't. No, they they could be, they could be using their resources elsewhere, and fixing up other positions. Facts. They might need to fix up that defense a little bit more. They exactly. might need to be fixing up that offensive line. Give Dak Prescott a little bit more help. Exactly. Maybe helping out with uh, we, you know, we don't know what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott. You know what what's his future looking like? Do we need to fix the running back position? I feel like Dallas has a, a lot of potential opportunities of need. However, I do think if they have the chance to get Debo Samuel, I think Dallas should be interested in making this move. I don't think the 49ers are willing to give him up, though. I don't think so either. However, I, if I'm Dallas, I'm making the call, and I'm seeing what they want. Of course. Because if you can get this kind of talent on your roster with CeeDee Lamb, Dak, you know, decent offensive line, you know, Mike McCarthy, a head coach, we're going to talk about in a second. I think that that's a real good team. Debo Samuel, what I love about him is that versatility. You can use him in any way. I just don't know. I don't think he's the move, personally. I just don't know if, for Debo Samuel, if I'm looking to go to Dallas of all places, why would I leave San Francisco and go to Dallas? I understand if they're willing to pay me the big bucks, I'm going to go. However... They are not going to utilize Debo Samuel as good as the 49ers already do. Exactly. So in terms of like Debo Samuel play, running the jet sweep. That's what I'm saying. You cannot guarantee Kellen Moore and, and Mike McCarthy is going to use him in the same way and have the same effectiveness. So And that's why I always think it's a big risk for these wide receivers to leave out of their comfort zone like this. When you succeed in one franchise, it's, it's always a big risk, I think, to leave. I, that's why I feel like it was a huge risk for Tyree Kill to to jump ship uh, with Patrick Mahomes and go to Miami. I think it's a huge risk 
because if you don't have that same production level, you basically prove you were made by your quarterback. So that's what we're going to see this year with, Ty- with Tyreek Hill. And ultimately, if the Cowboys got Debo Samuel and the production went way down in terms of the rushing yards, the, pa- the receiving yards, and or both, we're just going to be like, this is an underutilized talent, waste of money. If I was Debo Samuel, why would I leave the 49ers, a great situation with Trey Lance, and they're also willing to pay me the same amount of money as Dallas. Why would I leave and go to Dallas where I'm guaranteed to not win anything because Dallas has never won anything since, like, the 80s? They do not win Super Bowls no more. They, they, call America's team. They're America's team at winning no Super Bowls since the 80s. It's facts. They haven't won nothing in so long that, that I don't know why anyone wants to go there anymore because you're basically guaranteed not to win a uh, Super Bowl. Damn. And part of the reason why I think Dallas is not going to win a Super Bowl, even if they get Debo Samuel, is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, in a list of the top NFL coaches, was ranked in the among the bottom half, the bottom 16 head coaches in the NFL. Do you think Mike McCarthy deserves more respect as a head coach? Yeah. Mike McCarthy is... A legend at coaching. And and what I believe, Mike McCarthy, especially, man, that Packers run, man, that was... Legendary. Those those years were prime time. Like, yeah, they were. But I understand why he's ranked on the bottom half is because he's not getting it done at Dallas. Yeah. Can you blame him? It's Dallas. It's tough to get it done. It's tough to get it done. Ah. I think, personally, he does, he should be in the bottom half. I think I think he's washed. He's washed as a coach. I think he won in Green Bay. Look, we can we can say he has a Super Bowl ring. He deserves his respect, which is very true. However, I think Green Bay won in spite of Mike McCarthy. He didn't really help him. Aaron Rodgers, realistically, I think if we had a better coach than Mike McCarthy. Wins has so much more Super Bowl rings than one. I think Mike McCarthy was the reason potentially he was getting held back all these years. Damn. And I think we finally got him away from Green Bay, and then all of a sudden Dallas comes and swoops him up like he's some prized possession. And I don't know why. And I think it's no surprise that he hasn't won really anything in Dallas. And I think that it's no surprise that here he is ranked among the bottom half of coaches in the league. I think that he probably should have got fired last year after the Dallas after they failed against Debo Samuel's 49ers. And I think realistically if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, which they won't, Mike McCarthy should be fired. I, just, I don't know, I, I believe don't it. See a I believe if they go far in the playoffs Mike McCarthy shouldn't be fired. I just don't even see them going far in the playoffs with Mike McCarthy though. Damn. I feel like that's the problem. I love Kellen Moore. I love the rest of that coaching staff. I just don't know Mike McCarthy. I don't don't trust him. I, I trust Dak Prescott. I don't trust Ezekiel Elliott as the running back. However, I love the wide receiving core of Dallas. However, I do feel like they lost a couple key guys. I'm interested to see how CeeDee Lamb plays this year. But if they don't get Debo Samuel, and this is kind of how it finishes up for him, I don't think Dallas is anywhere near contending for a Super Bowl. And ultimately, I think Mike McCarthy will be fired next year. Damn. And I feel like that's all but what he deserves. 
I feel like he held back Aaron Rodgers this year, so of course maybe I have a little bit of a spite for him. You know what I mean? I feel like he definitely held him back. And I don't know if he necessarily deserves more respect as a head coach. You know, like maybe he claimed in an interview that he deserves more respect. I don't. I, hey, I think the criticism he gets is deserved. But I know you like Mike McCarthy, you know. But he's, he's, he, he, the teams were fun, but I just don't know. The success record is not there. Some of that has to go down with specific players and specific plays that happened. Of course, of course. But that's kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. You can't blame it all on Mike McCarthy. Yeah, for but. Green Bay not winning. Yeah, but you can put some of the blame on it. That's yeah, for sure. that's for sure. Definitely put some of there. Yeah, I would put I would put like fifty percent. But with all that being said, let's move forward to Saquon Barkley, an NFL offensive head coach or assistant coach, claimed Saquon Barkley, quote unquote, does not know how to play running back. He always wants to hit a home run. And he needs to learn that four-yard runs in the NFL are good instead of stopping, cutting back, and losing yardage and then also getting my his ass kicked in pass protection. Do you think Saquon Barkley doesn't know how to play running back? I don't know. To his point, he wants to hit. He wants everyone to, every run to be a home run, man. You got Derrick Henry making that happen. Yeah. Making every run a home run. Yeah. So it's doable. Is Saquon Barkley the guy to do it? He did, he was in college. Maybe, but, but the, it's but different in the NFL. It's very different in the NFL. I think it's unfortunate, though, because it's the Giants. The Giants, he was never going to be set up to succeed. That's why he never will live up to that pre-draft hype he had. Number three overall pick. Yeah, it, nah. He was never going to live up to that because the Giants were never going to surround him with the right tools. The offensive line... The right quarterback to take pressure off of him and open up the play action. He I think never he's had just any of that. Going to be another player in the depth chart. Ultimately, I feel like he's going to have that typical running back career, which isn't going to be long in the NFL. You know, running backs don't last long in the NFL, and that's why I wouldn't take one number three overall, like the Giants did. But that's a typical Giants kind of move, which is making the wrong one. That's a typical Giants type of move. You know, with Dave Gettleman up there at the general manager. He's not getting it done. Hasn't been getting it done. And let's be real, this was just another wrong pick as of right now. But they could turn it around. You know, they've they've been trying to improve their offensive line. However, I just don't know if they're going to fully get that done. But that's ultimately why Saquon Barkley is a failure. And that's why people think he doesn't know how to play running back. He does. We've seen it. But the offensive line is so bad. I don't know, though. Even though he's on the Giants, man, it's just the NFL. It's just just different than college. No, but I agree it's harder to hit home runs in the NFL. But as to your point, Derrick Henry's kind of making it happen. So it's doable. Because that's Derrick Henry. And we've seen Saquon. He's one of the best college running backs, period. Saquon was, too. One of the Heisman, too. He was one of the best, too. Well, best ever? So, 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 I mean, Penn State fans would argue. A lot of people, but, but I mean, he had some of the most pre-draft hype ever. But ultimately, he failed because it's the Giants. I feel like, and if you if, if you put it put Saquon in a better situation, it would have been a lot different for him. Maybe, but th- that's ultimately what kind of happens with a lot of these picks. Sometimes, you know, kind of like Trevor Lawrence, we've already forgot about him. 
We already forgot that Trevor Lawrence was, was supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. But when you go to Jacksonville, people forget about you. That's right up down the road, man. We can go see him, but no. But the average person ain't thinking about Trevor Lawrence, and he was supposed to be Peyton Manning 2.0, greatest the best quarterback ever. to ever play, better than Brady. Exactly. No question. And we have not seen anything close to that. So that's what happens sometimes when you go to these notoriously bad franchises when you're the number one, number two, number three pick. That's what happens. I wouldn't say the Giants are notoriously a bad franchise, though. They've recently, recently, but every, uh, like obviously, they, you know, the 2010s, you know, beating Brady, 2007, beating the undefeated Patriots. They have history, obviously, and I love the Giants for doing that. But in terms of recent history, it's, it's a lot. I haven't of, been getting it done. It's a lot of bad. But with all that being said, you ready to shoot straight into music? Yep, I'm ready. So we got Boosie in the news. Boosie, badass, in the news. He responds to T-Pain, who said on, on a live stream with DJ Academics, who said, Tupac would get ate up lyrically today. Boosie said in response to T-Pain that Tupac was a great lyricist and you wouldn't understand him if you'd never been through the struggles that this world brings. He disagrees that the lyrics in the songs these days, they last a couple years and they're there and gone because the lyrics don't have meaning and they don't touch your heart. So, Blue, do you agree with T-Pain or Boosie? Boosie, 100%. 100% Boosie? I believe Tupac would definitely survive in today's day and age of rap. However, I do believe there are artists who do make lyrics that do that is able to touch the public's heart. Mm-hmm. However, I I do know that for the most part, lyrics aren't as such as important as melody nowadays. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. I would hundred percent agree with that. However, I also agree with Boosie, and I say that Tupac would would definitely be all right in today's day and age. You know, I don't know why. How don't know how somebody who still impacts the culture today, who's been dead for however long he's been dead, I don't know how you could say he would he wouldn't survive today when his his impact on culture is still alive today. Of course. So if he was alive today, he would be impacting the culture even more so because he's here. So I think that Tupac would survive definitely in today's day and age. I think T Pain was was kind of tripping for this one. You know, Facts. That's an OG. And I respect T-Pain and his opinions and all that, but of course. I think he's tripping on this one. Definitely tripping. But Boosie also in the news because he was handcuffed by Atlanta police and the, the body cam footage came out and he was completely going off on the police. Saying that the police were being racist towards him. And all that. Saying that they were they were targeting, targeting him and all that stuff like that. And what do you think about the body cam footage that we saw? Personally... I think Boosie was kind of making a scene. I think he was making a scene too. He was making I, it a bigger deal than it was. Of course, like the I cop think, was real chill with Angle. I'm telling you, like I think if Boosie would have just stayed quiet, that whole situation would have happened a lot faster, and he would have been on his way wherever he was going. And he might have not even got the citation that he got. He would have probably still got the citation because they would have searched the vehicle and found it. But like I said, he would have been way. He would have been on his way way faster. Like yeah. He, like to wherever he was going, and maybe he probably got to the event or wherever he was going late. So yeah. it kind of screwed him in the end. Yeah. So I believe if he wouldn't have made that whole scene, 
saying, oh, like, they're being, they're targeting me, they're being racist and that, like, he's going to, like, beat up some people in jail and a yeah, bunch of other. And, and, and come for white people. That's what I'm saying. Shit. Some crazy stuff. It's just, I don't know, man. And there was also, like, some footage that leaked of him, like, doing drugs, like, like yeah, I don't co- know what's been like co- cocaine co- on a boat doing? or something like that. Like it's just basically doing some crazy shit. That's what I'm saying. So like, Boosie, like I love his loud interviews. Some of his music is definitely hidden fire, but <laughs> in this situation, I think he was definitely in the wrong. No question. Yeah, I think he he definitely could have just handled it better. But I also kind of understand like if if what he was saying was true, talking about. He had been pulled over like eight times in ten days. And That's stuff facts. Like, that. like I would be pissed off too. By the time I got to that point, where if it was the ninth time in ten days, I'd be like, "Bro, y'all keep pulling me over. Like I'm done with this shit." So I understand like his boiling over frustration. Could be under investigation though. Yeah, he could be. I also got to feel like, but Boosie, if this, if this is the case, why are you still making the dumb decisions that you're making? Facts. If you, like if you know you're gonna be put in this situation, you know what's gonna happen. You know you're being targeted or blah blah blah. You're not gonna do dumb shit. But he still is. So, like, I don't know. You know, that's why, I, like, I don't know. I don't 100% know if what he's saying is true. However, I do know that in this particular body cam footage, like, he was just making a big scene out of nothing. And I do think that he was in the wrong as well. Facts. Are you ready to move towards Lil Uzi's new EP? Facts. I'm ready. We have not had new Uzi music in a long, long time. Obviously, we had the single, Demon High, which kind of flopped and all nah, that. No, but you would know better than anyone, man. Not better than anyone, but you know what I mean. Better, yeah. than, better than most people. Yeah. When was the last Uzi tape? Well, the last solo tape we got had was Eternal Take, and then obviously we had the tape with Future. Now, nah, but when was the last solo Uzi tape? Like, when was that Eternally Take? Eternal Take, 2020. March 2020. So yes. it's been two years. Over two years, like almost two Damn. and a half now. So it's been a very, very long time. We know Uzi always takes an extremely long time between music drops. Now, the album he's supposed to be dropping is called The Pink Tape. However, this is the little pre-game EP kind of like showing you a taste of what's to come. Because kind of how Uzi always does it, he'll kind of flood the market with music. He won't drop for like two years. And then once he starts dropping, he doesn't stop. And then he'll wait another two years. That's He's really weird. But with this new EP, I don't really know what to expect. However, I do know that it potentially is coming out today or next Friday. And it's going to be maybe a SoundCloud exclusive, they've said. And they said that he's doing this to try to bring back the old vibes, make it like a Lover's Rage. Remember what Lover's Rage 1.5? with the That's what had EXO Tour Life, his biggest ever hit. He's trying to, I think, rekindle some of that fire and... That's drop drop some songs on there, get a real big hit, and then use that to to use for the pink tape. Use it for his main album. I think that's what his plans are. I think that fire is gone, though, man. The SoundCloud era, that's over. You can't bring that back. That's done for. I think he's trying to bring it back, but they, they're talking about he's just, it's a for real SoundCloud exclusive tape. Not going to be on Spotify, not going to be on Apple Music. I feel like it's just a loss for Uzi at that point. Like He's just losing opportunity on a bag. He's yeah. losing on the Spotify bag. He's losing on the Apple Music bag. He's just he not is. getting his bag. But at the same time, if he's doing it for the reason, like I said, if he's doing it to see what song does the best to ha- find a hit, then it kind of makes sense. Then like, it works for the, his, the, the tape and the because, album. Because if, like, like, like with Love is Rage, Love is Rage 1.5, Exo Tour Life completely blew up into his biggest hit ever. 
and he used that to kick off Love Is Race 2 promo and all that, and then boom, that ended up working. If it works, though, is it bringing SoundCloud back? It's not bringing SoundCloud back. If it works? Nah. Not even if it gets, like, over a couple hundred million streams? Nah. So nothing is bringing SoundCloud back? Not ever back to what it was in 2016 and all that. Damn. Yeah, I can. that's what I'm trying to say. I can agree with that. Like, SoundCloud's not coming back, and I don't think Uzi dropping his tape on SoundCloud exclusively is going to help him in the long run because I think he won't, he's going to need that bag later. However, I do think it is cool to, to like, in terms of the promo for it and all that, I think it's going to bring a lot of people back to Uzi's music that might have turned him off because, damn, what can they bring back the old vibes, 2016 Uzi? Everyone fucks with 2016. Facts. Uzi's definitely always tries to play into that, like, it's coming back. 2016's coming back. He always tries to play into that. And I feel like this being a SoundCloud exclusive definitely is him playing on tradition for something he on always does. So it kind of makes sense. And Uzi, he's very predictable once he gets down to a certain point. You know what I mean? I've been fucking watching Uzi with how he drops music for a long time. Been an Uzi fan for a very long time. And this he, he always does the same shit. So I'm expecting the new tape to come out. Day or, or or next week, and I I'm just excited for it. To be honest, I think it could be album of the year. Mm, I don't think it's gonna be album of the year, but I think it's gonna be a very 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 hot album, very hot, like on fire. Do you think number one possibility? Do, do you think it will sell more than Eternal Take sold first week? Two Definitely. Weeks. Definitely? Definitely. Wait, how much did that sell again? Like 230K. Oh, no. it's not gonna. The reason why it's not going to sell more than Eternal I Take is because that album was so damn hyped for like four years type, yeah. type shit. Like four or five years we were waiting on Eternal I Take. Long ass time. And like and there was a whole bunch of like rumors and a little bit of leak here and, and there. The, the, the cover art leaks and all. It was like a whole drama. And then he retired. That's what I'm saying. And then so, he, he was dropping. He had to sign with Jay-Z. He had to save him out of his contract. So I don't think it's going to hit 200K, but. It'll be like 150. Yeah, maybe yeah, 120. 150, 120. Speaking of Jay Z, yeah. Speaking speaking of somebody who saved Uzi, we got Jay Z, who said on Kevin Hart's new podcast that he is currently not retired from music, contrary to popular belief. However, although he's not officially retired, he has no plans to drop new music or a new album. With that being said, should Jay Z release another new album? Nah. No. Nah, I think he should just just vibe and just. Just go out and like Russ right off into the sunset. He's he's already done. He's enough for the rap game, and I think he should make drop a song maybe, but a whole album. No. Nah, I think nah. just focus on your just duties. focus on your yeah investments that you made, other than music, and I think he's he's good. I think Jay Z should release a new album. I think it would be cool. I don't think. That is, it should be compared to his earlier work because I don't think it's going to be that, you know what I mean? I think, although he's is he's up there as one of the one of the legends, that it's definitely not going to be like his prime music. However, I think it's it's always cool to hear him collab with Kanye and hear him collab 
with uh, other OGs, and it's always good to hear Jay Z's hear his rhymes and what he what he's gonna what he's gonna say. So I love to hear him speak on things through music. I think that a little ten track album would be cool. I would take you know what I mean, a little ten track album, like maybe a little not an EP, like just here. Every now and then, every because it's been like five years, like just give us a little EP, Jay. You know what I mean? Just a little chill. Maybe like drop a couple old songs from the vault on there. You know what I mean? Like a deluxe, mm. kind of like a, a deluxe thing, kind of like a. I don't think that's working out for him. I think he could do that. I I think that nah. I don't think we need a new Jay Z album. However, I do think it would be cool if we got one. <laughs> but however, if the if his discography is finished and this is it, does Jay Z go down as the goat? Nah. No? No. Who's the GOAT? Who is the GOAT? The yeah. greatest of all time? Yeah. Drake. Drake? Drake. Over Jay-Z. Drake over Jay-Z. Drake's the best to ever do it. And he's the, the numbers say it. And I don't think no one's competing with Drake anytime soon. The numbers say it. The numbers definitely damn say it. And the reason why I've told you this before, why Drake is the GOAT, is because he's never not been hot in his whole damn career. Still hot right now. Still hot right now. And every single year that Drake has been out, since he's put out music, he's he's been hot. Yeah. Like, on fire. Like, the, the the charts show it. Like the charts show it, man. People are streaming his music, and they will continue to stream his music until he's done. Yeah. So Speak, speaking of Drake, he's going on tour with OVO Fest. He's bringing it worldwide. He's gonna have Lil Baby, Chris Brown, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, a Young Money reunion, whole bunch of crazy things. Gonna have multiple tour dates and all that. Drake hasn't really gone on tour like that or done any anything like that. What do you have to say? About this Drake tour, are you interested of to see a Young Money reunion? They they haven't really, they don't really do stuff like this no more. Do you think it is good for the culture? Hell yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, hell yeah. Like this is the number one thing that is gonna like go crazy in the summer. Then the number one thing that's gonna go go cr- wait is it like in the summer or like yeah, it's, it's coming. I think it's the next couple months. That's that's gonna be crazy, man. This is this is insane. Yeah, man. I, I, like. For me, like that Drake and Lil Wayne or Drake Lil Wayne and Nicki and Young Money reunion will be it's gonna be crazy for them to perform OG songs together on stage. This is some some legendary stuff. I think that's just one of them moments that like you just cherish because like you don't really get OGs like that all in one spot. You know, for like at at a certain point, you know, YMC and Beats was was the whole culture that was everything. Now we're we're this many years later, and this might be the last time we ever see them together. Just, just like you never Facts. you never know what could happen. You know, God forbid, or if they have beef, you never know. I think anytime some shit like this happens, it could be the last time it happens. You don't want to take it for granted. So I think this is just going to be a legendary moment, and I'm happy that Drake is doing it. And I think it's cool that he's also doing the thing with Lil Baby and Chris Brown too. How much do you think the tickets are going to be? Dummy expensive. How much do you think the tickets are going to be for general admission? Five hundred, six hundred. Maybe seven fifty. Is Drake, Lil Wayne, Nicki, Chris Brown, Lil Baby? Come on. General admission. Five hundred, bro. It's kind of expensive. But you know people are paying that. Of course, yeah. It's Drake, Lil Wayne, Nicki. This is that's like 
what more can you ask for? Facts. Speaking of what more can you ask for, we got a new album. What more could we ask from our boy Strict? Holding it down for the YSL label. He dropped his new album. And he had a hot song on there featuring the one, the only Idris Elba, the actor. And he's on a new and he's on a show that I've recently started watching called The Wire. Great show. It's on HBO. Ooh, fire. Fire. So can Strick hold down YSL while the whole label is in that all controversy with the trial? Definitely. I think Strick got the potential to be the next young thug. The melody, the lyricism, it's all there. He's getting the features because he's on YSL. Everything's there for him. I think that he can definitely hold down the hold down YSL somewhat, but not not gonna hold down the whole label. I think he's gonna hold down the especially if Gunna only gets like three, four years, he's holding it down till Gunna gets out of jail. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Three, four years? Nah, yeah. Strick can't hold it down like that. It's strict. I don't see the I don't see the potential in Strick like that. Damn, I don't know though. He's I know, pretty good, but I don't know. If I he's know you like were that. messing with that Strick and Nav song too. Strick is fire, but I don't know if he's holding down the whole label. Hey, if he's gonna, Talk. If he's gonna keep Young Thug, like uh, he ain't gonna be the next Young Thug. He ain't replacing Gunna. He ain't replacing Young Thug and Gunna. He can be something, and I think it's cool. He got the Idris Elba song, but. The reason why I was saying he could be the next Young Thug is because I feel like he got that little flow in him, that Young Thug, that pop, like the mix of Young Thug, Pop Smoke. He kind of has the mix, but I don't know. I think he has potential to to be something. He could do something. He could be that third guy on YSL with Thug and Gunna, but he's not going to overtake him. However, what are your thoughts on Idris Elba? His rap, well, it's not his debut, but... One of his first rap songs. Idris Elba's verse was fire. Do you think he has potential to continue to make verses? I think think Idris Elba needs to drop an album. The whole album. Whole album. I think it could be fire. Bro, imagine the... That's what I'm saying. The features on an Idris Elba album. I think it'd be fire. He's definitely getting the top... You don't want to talk about that? Nah. He's definitely getting the... He's definitely getting the um, top... Top British rappers on his tape. You're gonna get Skepta and all them facts. It's interesting. Oh, but you can get anybody. Um, but yeah, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, definitely. You got Kevin Gates saying on a podcast, saying on a brand new podcast that he slept with his cousin. He fully admitted it. He said he found out it was his cousin. And then he said, quote, unquote, I'm not stopping now. What do you have to say about Kevin Gates sleeping with his cousin? He can't do that. Is he bugging? He's bugging, bro. Bro, I don't know what was going through his head when he was saying this on the podcast. Bro, Kevin Gates sleeping with his cousin, bro? But why would you even admit that if I'm Kevin Gates? Why are you admitting that? 
Because the people going to find out, and if you tried to put it on the rug and hide it, it's going to even make them look worse. Bro, but you can't be like, oh, yeah, I slept with my cousin. You can't be that. He was proud. People going to cut that. People going to cut that. <laughs> They're going to title it nah. Zach Sleep with this guy. Nah. <laughs> it's fucked up. Nah. But, nah, no, but, but Kevin Gates sleeping with his cousin is ridiculous. And like, you can't, like. If you know, for one, you can't do that, and two, what are the repercussions from that? What and if it, she gets pregnant? But then, but the thing that made it worse was the fact that he found out, like, I guess, like in the middle of it, and then he was like, "Well, I ain't stopping now." That's the worst part, bro. You you can't be doing that to family. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Kevin Gates is kind of bugging for that one. Kevin Gates is hella bugging for that one. Yeah, it's hella bugging. Hello bugging. Hello bugging. So I want so I wanted to speak let me get to the next topic. Cause you know, I mean, we can't we can't keep how long can we keep talking about Kevin Gates sleeping with his cousin? I mean Nah. Like people watching know it's wrong. Like we know it's wrong. It's there's, wrong. Not, there's not that much of a debate to this. It's true. So probably the last topic we got today for music. We got Brent Fires, new new album. Number I think one. it went number one. Yeah, it number went one, number one. R and B sold what like hundred and fifteen k? Yeah, something like that it was the, the first R and B album to hit number one on Billboard in a long time. My bold take. Now this might be a crazy take, but I think the Brent Fires album was better than the new Drake album. You're lying. Not lying. Bro, we was listening to that shit together. The shit was kind of trash. Nah, there was some bangers on Bro, there. Drake though. Drake carried the album though. Drake carried the Brent Fires album. Drake had a crazy verse. Verse. Like, I mean, like, he went in. Like, why didn't he do that for his own album? I don't know. He did on Jimmy Cooks. He did on Jimmy Cooks. But but it wasn't even like all like like rap Drake. Like he had a little R and B five in that Brent Vi- in that Brent Fires song. So why fire. couldn't he do that? For his dance album. I don't know. We don't know. But what I do know is Drake helped him. Yeah. Drake helped Brent Fires, his album, do better than his own. Yeah. No, it didn't do better. No, I no, I think personally oh. I, I, I like do yeah. better as in I yeah. like the album more. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And like I said, I believe that there was more songs that I liked better. Than the new Drake album. I don't know, man. I think that it has some good songs, but in general, it wasn't my type of music. It wasn't my type of music either, I ain't, but I, ain't I can really appreciate mentioned. it. Yeah, I, I respect it. However, I'm not going to be bumping that new Brand Fires that much, I feel like. Of course. I'm not, it's not really my thing. But you're not bumping that new Drake either, except if you're playing Jimmy Cooks. It's true. Not really bumping it. It's true. And I love Drake. It's just I'm not really bumping it either. But I feel like if I was that type of music a listener, I would be bumping the Brent Fires over to New Drake. Facts. And I think that's why Drake showed him love and gave him a good verse. Because he saw the potential. A lot of potential. Damn. That's 100% facts. A lot of potential in Brent Fires, and that's why he gave him a fire verse. Well, that's it for music. You ready to shoot it straight into culture? Yeah, let's go straight into culture. We got Lamar Odom fighting fighting fake Drake. Drake. What do you have to say about it, bruh? Honestly, 
if Drake gets a good ass, tra- the fake Drake gets a good ass trainer, I see him knocking Lamar Odom out Cap. clean. Hell no. Nah. If he gets a good ass trainer, hell no. Nah. You don't know, man. What, what if Jake Paul just says, oh, or Logan Paul just says, Lamar oh, Odom is going to whoop fake Drake. Bro, if, Lam- if, bruh, I'm, I'll, I'll play some bets on it if Lamar Odom is whooping fake Drake. Bro, if, Bro, if no, fake Drake, no doubt. if fake Drake gets Logan Paul as his coach, what is Logan? Nah, fake. Well, Lamar Logan Paul o- doesn't have that much experience Lam- coaching. Lamar Odom will get Floyd. Nah, it's Lamar Odom. He'll find a way. He'll get Floyd. He's not getting Floyd. He's getting Floyd. He's getting some washed ass boxer from like the nineteen nineties who never won nothing. He's getting Floyd. He ain't getting Floyd. And then boom, Lamar Odom will be taught by Floyd, and he's gonna knock the freak out of fucking fake Drake. Nah, I'm telling you, if fake Drake get, I'm telling you, this is all gonna come down to coaching. Who has the better coach? I agree, and I think Lamar Odom will have the better coach. But if someone offers fake Drake, like, like, to coach them, and they're, and they're better, bro, I got fake Drake. I'm just being real, Lamar Odom. He might have a slight edge because of his athleticism, and he's taller, so he's going to definitely hit the first punch, no question. Let's just be real. He's going to get the first punch on him. I don't even got to see no training, no nothing. He's going to get the first punch on him. Mm-hmm. But I think Drake, the fake Drake, keep saying Drake. Let me let me make this point clear. The fake, fake Drake is got the chance. Yeah. I mean, he has a chance, but I got Lamar with him all day. I got Lamar Odom all day. Damn. All day. Like I said, it's going to come down to coaching. So, wait. Do you believe maybe if the coach isn't a superstar, but even if if fake Drake gets a better coach than Lamar Odom, Lamar Odom's still winning? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I got Lamar Odom. Damn. Nah. Nah, if he gets a superstar coach, it's over for him. Lamar Odom's getting knocked out. Hell no. Not even if fake Drake gets a superstar coach. What makes you think fake Drake can pull a super superstar coach? Because someone's going to offer because they like fake Drake. Nobody likes fake Drake. People, you sleep. There's people out there that are fans of fake Drake. You want to know what I'm also sleeping on? <laughs> Gay Spider-Man. <sighs> this is a tough one, man. Spider-Man. The... It is announced that for the new Spider-Man movie, he will be LGBTQ+. In my personal belief, I don't think they should be introducing that uh, to kids, especially that young of age. I remember watching Spider-Man when I was very, very young. I, was, I watched Spider-Man, and I was playing it, the video games on the, game, the Nintendo GameCube, a throwback. I was playing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 on, on Nintendo GameCube, man. Some legendary times for, for video gaming. But, and, I wa- and I remember watching the movies as a kid, bro. And it's just it's a shame of what they're doing to a classic comic book hero. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't really know why they want to, like, make everyone like that. Like, I just don't. Like, I think everyone should just be, like... I don't know. I just don't know. Like, they're kind of forcing it. 
You know what exactly, I mean? they're forcing it to the newer generations. Because like, it, like it's already Spider-Man is a previous character. It's not even like he was a previous like, like it's a new thought. And I think when it's already been previously thought up, I don't think I don't like switching it up from the OG. Exactly. I think, I think if you want to do something like this, that's, create new characters. It's cool, but make it yeah, Don't make it an OG. Don't ruin not potentially ruin the OG. Just to to make it. I don't know what you're trying to really do here. Make it more like accessible or open to all audiences. Yeah, whatever. that's what they're really trying to but, do. They're just trying to, like, and they're trying to um, just um, keep it with the OG. They're trying to, they're trying to um, put like in the new movies like all different types of cultures, I guess. So like they would yeah. like have like a woman Spider-Man probably coming soon. Yeah, and man, that's just not that's just not just the make move. It, just make a new character like when they made uh, the one girl from Marvel, Captain. Uh, Captain Marvel, I think that was like a female character, and in the whole, they just kind of made it up. Like so you can, like, like when you're making up a new character, it's all right. Of course, but like, I, I just don't think I don't like the concept of taking an old character and changing it up to fit you, what you want it to be. In this case, you're gonna take an old character, which is Spider Man. You're just gonna make him gay. Just seven fingers, boom, he's gay now. He wasn't gay before, he's gay now. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you, okay, have a gay character. Okay, let's make a new movie centered around the gay character. Let me think of a brand new gay character. I don't have no problem with that. No problem with that at all. My problem is when you t- when you come in, you take an old character, you you make him gay. If he wasn't gay before, why why did he just turn gay now? Exactly. Yeah, he, he he always had a girl in every single movie. Every single movie. And it was always bad too. So like, it just this doesn't make sense. Is this ruining the Marvel franchise? Them introducing LGBTQ, like, and not not introducing it, but it's changing, it. but changing main characters into that. It's gonna ruin it if they do it like a whole bunch of. Uh, if they continuously to do it, exactly. Like, oh, Green Lantern, oh, exactly. Superman. If they just keep doing it, it's Batman. Bad. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that Superman, Batman. I, nah. I can't even like that's like. I can't even think about that. It's I just even, I don't even want to think about it. That's what I'm saying. Just doesn't want to want to think about it. I don't think they want to think about it either. Nobody wants to think about it. <sighs> Nobody wants to think about that. It's sad that the newer generations have to, to deal be going with that. through exactly be going through this. Yeah. Yeah. God knows how it's going to be by the time next you know, twenty years. Exactly. Years we'll we'll see if it reverses. We'll see if this course Continu- tends to continues it, exactly yeah, in this trajectory. But I think I mean that's, I'm I'm you good for everything on this episode? Yeah, I'm set. We had a little bit of a longer episode, but hope you everyone enjoyed it. Um, with all that being said, man, let's just wrap this one up. Um, thank y'all for checking out this episode. Um, appreciate all the support. You know, like, comment, subscribe. Exactly. All that. Continue to like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate all the comments and uh, the battering back and forth. Yeah. Un- and and com- make sure y'all comment what y'all thought about stuff we said and everything like that down below. And go check us out. Uh, one of the best things that's going for us right now is the Instagram Reels. It's going so, crazy and so it's bringing a whole bunch of new following to our, our podcast. And we appreciate that very much. So exactly. go check out the Reels on Instagram. Go check out the clips that we're about to make for this episode. Go check out the clips that we made for previous episodes. Exactly. I think that's it, bro. Yeah. Um, with all that being said, uh, we'll, we'll be back very soon. But thank y'all for checking out this episode of the Shooter Straight Podcast. And I'm your co-host, Zach. And I'm Blue. And we'll see y'all very, very, very soon. Peace. Continue to shoot it straight. Peace.